What's up, email geeks? Welcome back to another episode of Feedback Friday, a show where we talk about emails and what makes them really good. I am joined this week with an amazing guest. How about you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Nudge. I like to think I'm amazing too. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I am an email geek. I am an email design aficionado, so I'm really excited. I kind of think I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller situation here, so really excited to be here. Hello, this episode is brought to you by Unspam. It's a conference. Hello, this episode is sponsored by Unspam, a conference by the folks at Really Good Emails. Join us in Chicago, April 28th through 29th. Get your tickets. Thanks. Nice. Well, we got some good-looking YouTube emails this week, and we decided to do a a year-end recap series here. The reason why I wanted to look at YouTube is because I have a long history with YouTube. I'm sure everybody does, but I used to put out ukulele videos on YouTube, and it's actually how I met a lot of like my friends and even my partner. <laughs> so oh, wow. I have a personal connection with YouTube. So what caught my eye about these emails in particular is that is the data, and it's actually the stuff that you don't see. And the deal with Roundup emails is that your data has to be correct and that's a lot of work in the making like that's a year in the making quite literally because you have to make sure that you've planned that a year ahead and then accumulate that data as the year goes on and then you can have the data at the end of the year to show to people to round the year up accurately in terms of the design I love that they personalize it by having the logo up top of whatever your avatar is. So that's just like a really nice and easy touch and that's easy enough to feed in as well. And then when you scroll in, you have things like this very blocky layout. I think design and great copy combined is is just magic, isn't it, in email? Things like, oh, 3,282 total watch hours. Fans can't take their eyes off you. Like, that's really nice. But I think the thing that really caught my eye was they did the math on you can drive from Las Vegas to Area 51 2,188 times. There's a lot of decision-making and planning that has to be done there. I'd love to see, like, what the fallback was if you didn't have that many hours. Maybe if your hours were, like, perhaps in the hundreds or... The tens, like, did they use a different bit of data there? And the fact that they picked, like, Las Vegas Area 51, so did someone say Alien Party? Like, I'd love to know what the decision-making was there as well. That's really fun. I really like this. Even this is, like, their little rewind sort of thing to make it seem like this is your year in review. And I like how they mix illustrations with that personalization. They're not just pulling in your image. So I think that's really smart to make it feel, like, a little bit more integrated. Yes. And then going down to the throughout the email, like you're saying, they really highlight when they are using that personal data by bolding, you know, what's individual to you. So I think that's really smart to kind of bring your eye to that section. And even here again, mixing in these sort of illustrations, maybe even a background image to make it feel a little bit more personal and not just like thrown in there. So I think they're doing a great job with that. I think with roundup emails, there's definitely space for a bit of wackiness. Maybe there's a little more area to play with the branding a bit. So if you have like a pretty basic branding, a pretty strict branding you stick to throughout the year, I think the roundup is a really good place to make it more fun, a little bit more wacky, go off piece a little bit as well. So we can we can see that a little bit here. I like like the squiggles and like this illustrative element. I feel like we saw a lot of that at this time as well. I still see it now. I think it's a good way of making things look friendly and accessible and approachable. The other thing that I wanted to bring attention to was this email poll at the bottom. So 
I'm not sure. Like, I think when I was putting down the notes for this, I'm not sure about the utility of having like up to five elements to choose from for a poll. But personally speaking, like I've always picked like, you know, bad like thumbs down or thumbs up because it just gives me like a good read pretty quickly of like how people felt. It is interesting just to think about like with each of these, what does that mean? Like, does this... I'm not sure if an email has actually ever made me feel this happy, but if you pick this one, like what happens? Is it like get back to whoever made this email or if you hit sad, does that make like that, you know, the email might change in the future. So uh, I like people including these in their email. I don't really click them a lot, but I could see maybe this data getting lost in when you're just doing campaigns every day. But I guess having something like this in, in a way to get some feedback from your audience is definitely, I guess, a good step to have. I'm a big fan of having feedback in emails. But yeah, I think maybe they can afford to do that because they have the critical mass as far as like the amount of people receiving these emails go. You know, whereas like the companies I've worked with, like maybe like the lists are in the tens of thousands or hundreds. So, you know, maybe like the best I can hope for is just like sad or happy. And like if some people click on it, that's great. Whereas like YouTube has a massive subscriber base, I'm guessing. So perhaps you can like probably gather more data there. But yeah, I, I don't think an email has ever made me that happy or that sad. <laughs> <laughs> and then I thought it was interesting just here in the legal copy them calling out that statistics were calculated between a specific time period. And I do think maybe that helps with maybe some of those data concerns of saying like, oh, why do they have all this data on me or what timeline does that look for? So uh, I think even something like that might help them just make those fears go away a little bit about just understanding that they're using this data to hopefully give you a better experience rather than just spying on you. That's a really good touch, actually. I mean, it makes me think maybe there was some like, you know, manual work, like this isn't just, you know, data they have just accumulating throughout the year. Like there was a concerted effort to say, okay, so let's pull the data from this particular set and this date range, and then we're going to craft an email from that. So there's some, something very intentional there. And like you were saying, if this is closer to zero, there is a lot of opportunity as much as this is cool to see and maybe share with your followers if you're getting some really cool numbers. There's just mm -hmm. as much opportunity to provide resources to people with lower numbers or even zero, trying to get them back into your product and produce more videos. Maybe it's a good way to sort of check in with your user base and see if they're struggling with using your product. All right, well, we can fast forward to 2020. They've kept some of the stuff the same, but it looks like they brought in some more data in this one. Yeah, I think there's some maturity here to do with the design, you know, where we had that very blocky layout. This has become much more scrollable. And if I think they've made a concerted effort to make it not look blocky, right? There's like unusual shapes breaking up the different segments. You know, it doesn't look like tables effectively which I really like. I mean, they've kept with the like really scribbly illustrative look, which is cool to see, but they've used it a little bit more smartly here. I think, you know, really making sure they're guiding your eyes through the email as well. So you're looking like left to right to left, whether you know it or not. Yeah, I think there's some really smart design decisions here. I think from a design point of view, it's like leaps and bounds ahead of the 2019 one in terms of the actual, from a, a purely design point of view, I think the, the text like, has more space to breathe, which is really important in good design. So it means like each of those bits of data look more meaningful because they're not just kind of scrunched up together. They bring in some more information, but also, I guess, allow you to get some, maybe they've lost that quirkiness of like, you know, that maybe we're not going to Vegas 
anymore, but it's a little bit more polished and I still like the, that personalization sort of being in, locked up into the overall design, not just kind of standing out there. And then here again, they're using that, you know, color here to really make the individualized, personalized data sort of stand out from the rest of the copy. I think that's smart too. It is smart. I think having like a stricter color palette can be really useful in email design because again, it's about leading the eye. And one of the tips I always tell people is that, you know, if you zoom out on an email all the way and the call to action or the most important bits stick out, even though you zoomed out all the way, then, you, you know, you're doing a good job design-wise because you're leading the eye to look at the most important bits of the email. And I think, you know, I have a feeling that that's probably going to be the case here because they're using that really bright, you know, kind of green color against the black to really highlight those bits of data. Yeah, I actually thought these were buttons because they sort of look like them, but I think they're actually just kind of headlines. I don't think they're clickable. That's my one piece of that. <laughs> I think like the, the buttons, that, like the, the non-buttons that look like buttons. Yeah, but overall, I think this one went was pretty good this year as well. For sure. I think the added thing they had in here as well is that like when you scroll to the bottom, you know, there's a little bit of like gratitude there. Like, you know, it's like it's really looping you in as part of your own story. Like you've taken the challenge of 2020 head on and kept our spirits high. Thanks for being a constant inspiration. I think the idea of like gratitude in these roundup emails is, is really nice because, you know, like, hey, you stuck with us for like at least a year. Thank you. <laughs> you know, I think I think that's like a really uh, that's something to be mindful of as well when you're sending out these round, you know roundup emails. So if you are planning to send them out, because you know it's all about your relationship with with the subscriber. This is an interesting one too because you're making an email for such a large audience and such a like it's not a segmented sort of thing. Like you know maybe if you were in the top you know five percent of creators, maybe they do something special for you or something. But this is a pretty yeah. big audience to talk about. You know my year in review trying to get some traffic around a hashtag but you know this is a lot of people that might be getting an email like this and at the end of the day you know YouTube is built sort of on those video uploaded you know by their own users so without people you know contributing to their platform they honestly like would probably struggle so more ukulele videos for sure <laughs> all right so in 2021 this is the the fresh new hotness oh, so what yes. do you think about this one I mean again the design is completely different isn't it I They've still kept with the scrollable effect. You know, they haven't, like in 2019, it was just that table there, whereas like this is much more of an experiential thing of like having to scroll down. I think there's this, it's interesting how big the text is when you compare it to 2019 as well. It's definitely a mobile first experience. I don't know, this is my hypothesis, but I think they specifically designed it so that like that thing that you can see, you can screenshot it and you can share it on social media like on your phone that's what it looks like to me that that looks like they've had they've had that in mind so there's some really cool things here but I think there's some things that could have been done better so it's not really clear to me that that was like the most watched video like up front like I know it says it in the text but it's not made clear I feel like the a caption that says your most viewed video was this yeah it's like design hierarchy right like you you want to lead the eye a bit more in terms of like pointing the finger at like leading with a title that says your most viewed video was and then leading with the thing where it's like it's kind of an afterthought there as the caption. Yeah, again with this one, I like the lock up here and then kind of going down, I think you're right that 
while you know I probably check my analytics all the time so I know this is the most viewed video but yeah like you're saying maybe having like a better way to sort of tell you or even make it more like a surprise like guess what your most viewed video is and then it shows you the answer that could be kind of a fun thing to try to yeah you know I'm sure YouTube has the budget to do a little bit of like like a personalized almost like gift <laughs> i'm sure they've got that budget in there maybe there's something that just like reveals to say haha this is your most viewed video or something like that i really like this idea of like creating something to be shareable and i really like the idea of them sort of seeing what data points that they've been able to pull in like okay yeah they know the watch time and views but now that they also know hey we could pull in someone's youtube thumbnail and make it even feel more personal in their youtube chant like title so i think mm -hmm. that's cool and then with this next section, I thought they did some interesting stuff here, just pulling in some more country data and using the emojis. I thought that was kind of a fun thing to try. I didn't know. There's something funny to me about like, you're connecting with fans. Yeah. yeah it's like, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, yeah. you, know, you might be like, you know, I think there's something more fun with copy. Hey there, international superstar. You know, there's something like really mm -hmm. fun. Yeah, that, 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 that is cool. Do. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> you should. Yeah, it's some good copywriting on the fly. That's good. Uh, and this one, I I thought it was funny. I kind of noticed like they don't show you your top comment because I wonder, you know, some comments can be kind of bad on YouTube. So I'm curious if <laughs> maybe they just decide, okay, this is how many comments you're gonna get versus the top upvoted comment or whatever. I love the idea of like their team being like, oh, maybe we can put in like the most like like upvoted comment, and then they tried it and they're like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, maybe no, not. no, maybe no. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, and I thought, you know, scrolling down here, they finally ask for that social share. And this can be, uh, I kind of thought, like you're saying, screenshotting, I'm sure is a great way to kind of get people. But I'm curious now that they're asking for this, maybe we, what those graphics could look like and if people would actually click on those. This is the main thing, right? Like email doesn't exist in a silo. I think good email should lead off to somewhere else and specifically with something like this like you're not asking somebody to purchase something you're not asking somebody to you know like what's the call to action here and I think the call to action here is to you know make sure that people like share their experience on on YouTube you know so I think making it clear was a really smart idea for for this year also they must have been looking at like the you know the Spotify ones are like the famous ones right like they're they're roundup so I like so focused on that shareability and you know I have to imagine that that was part of the process here you know maybe they were thinking let's try and you know make sure the content is more shareable as opposed to what we had the last two years yeah and I kind of like them sort of writing tweets for you in your mm -hmm. sort of voice that's kind of cool I'm I'm not a person to usually click these buttons in email but like you said if there isn't really a CTA or or anything, it, I guess that is kind of nice to maybe have some sort of landing page or, or a social share to, to kind of share that with your audience. And then right down here, I thought it was interesting that they're trying to get you to maybe, maybe this is targeted to me. I didn't really create a lot of shorts this year at all. So I'm curious if this was included on every email or if this one is specifically because I haven't engaged much with that sort of product that they have. Yeah, that's a good point. I feel like it was really new and something that they only just released about this time. So, you know, this is probably a good opportunity for them to try and push that product as much as possible as well for people to create a short. So here's the thing, I like a, a cheat, like a design cheat I love is when you have two overlapping things that break up like a rectangular block. So there's hands over the, 
the rectangle. Like that's so easy to do because you know you can achieve that with a transparent PNG. So I like the breaking up of shapes in this. Even just making like, say like a stock image go over that line just a little bit, it really helps you transition to different parts of the email. It's a smart one. And then this last last little section has those lifetime highlights. I think that's cool mm-hmm. to see. And you know, it's it's really interesting that they make this all about your channel and not really about like the community or anything like that. I haven't really seen a, a year wrap up with what other creators are doing. So I think that's kind of smart for them to maybe focus on this individual channel. Maybe it feels a lot more uh, personal to you. So for email marketers that maybe want to do something like this, do you have any tips on a year end email or how to get data potentially to make something like this? Yeah, I think the the planning really has to be about making sure that the, you know, again, like the data is really tidy, you know, because you want to be confident that the data you are pulling into these emails is going to be as accurate as possible. So, you know, what I suggest doing is like, you know, just they kept it pretty simple in 2019. I think maybe they had what like three major data points that they did, and that was like the whole email. So if it's as simple as like picking out, oh, so three or four, so as simple as you know, picking out those three or four data points and then crafting a whole email about them, do it. I think you can get clever with the copywriting, like they did here. I think you can be clever about the design. The focus really has to be about making sure that you've got really tidy data and then it's thinking about what fallbacks you have as well so if somebody doesn't have that data thinking about well what does that email look like then if if somebody doesn't have that data available do we just not send an email at all do we you know switch up the copywriting I think it should all be all about quality over quantity you know don't be too concerned about having like 15 different data points because that can also get creepy as well can't it well that's that's all i have for these emails i heard that you have a pretty awesome etsy store to get some some email (laughs) swag yeah it's matchmetender.etsy.com which i'm sure will be in the show notes but yeah it started off as just designing fun little you know email themed designs that I you know I I like because I'm a designer like I started off as a designer and then people were saying this should be a sticker so I started putting them up onto Etsy and like email geeks just love them so yeah I have mugs I have stickers I have t-shirts you know and it's like little sayings that say email's not dead and you know this meeting could have been an email so you know I fully endorse wearing them during a, a particularly long and useless meeting where can anyone else find you online on Twitter? Is that a good place to, to find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. I'm pretty chatty on Twitter. Well, when I'm in the mood, I guess. Have a look around on my website if you wish, najmasalav.com. I'm pretty much all over the internet. I am the ch- a child of the internet. I like to think as well. So if anybody wants to talk email, talk marketing, talk design, you know, please reach out. Thank you again for uh, joining this week. It was a lot of fun to chat with you. Yes, I'm so pleased. I'm very excited to see this come out. All right. See ya. Bye. Bye. You think you know me.